Hey, 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 guess what, Clint? What's up, Travis? How you doing, buddy? Man, I, I forgot how to work Zoom, and so I'm sitting here trying to figure out to record, so I'm hoping yours takes, because I don't have the backup copy. Well, that's all right. This will take. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, guess what? What's happening? Captain. No, no Sean Michelle music to start. I know. Off. I noticed that. I'm also noticed I'm at home, not in the back of a car. You're not so, in the back of a car and Basil's not here to get on to you. Yeah. Get on to me. Get, well, it got on to my wife and I, I can understand why. Yeah. 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 If you missed that episode, check out last week's episode of uh, Basil getting on to Clint. Um, it was calling me unprofessional. It was glorious. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, Clint, I'm excited. I, I'm pumped, dude. I, I'm pumped. Anytime you get one of the big boys, as they call them, hog mollies up front. Um, That's right. And this is a guy that we've been we've been hearing his name from the coaches and other players, uh, spoken about in press conferences. Every time they're asked, you know, who's showing you good things? Who's showing you good things? Patrick Kudis's name comes up. Yes, and does. he got the start last week against – Western Carolina, and of course the W, and so he's agreed to come on with us. And man, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to hear about the team and and uh, from his point of view. And uh, what do you think? You ready for this? I am ready for this. Now, before before we go on, me and you are gonna we're gonna do this even on interviews. We're gonna give our players of the game, Travis. Who you got? Oh, we're gonna do it with him, right? Well, I didn't think we were gonna do it with him. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's do it with him. Okay. And see, let's see what he thinks about our players of the game. Yeah. So right. there. There you go. Okay. Because I, I, I think we'll get his response. By right. the way, little peek behind the curtain. Normally we record this after the person right, has yeah. come on and we kind of know what we're talking about. No. Uh, this time, this time, it's a, we're like, <laughs> we're like Eminem, man. We're going straight off the dome right here. <laughs> Come on, Papa Doc, Papa Lock, whatever your name is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, his real name is Clarence. Anyway, Patrick Gudis from Memphis, Tennessee. Impact. Place of the King, Elvis. Come on now. Hello. Gonna, he died, you man. know, we're going to talk some barbecue and some Elvis songs. Yeah. Come will. on now. Let's go, Clint. You ready? Ready. Let's go. Boom. Crack up the band, Sean Michelle. One, two, three, five. You ever seen a lame man walk? Ever heard a dumb man talk? Never seen a blind man see? I promise you, a change is You ever seen a canceled death? Ever seen all the poor get fed? Ever seen a prisoner set free? I promise you, a change is Change is 
What is going on? It's your boy Bigger T from the Big C and Bigger T podcast. I'm here as always with my best friend, Clint Clark. How you doing? Hey, um, you don't matter today because we have a third window here. And listen, okay. folks, you know we're big boys. When we watch a football game, we start in the middle. We start on the line of scrimmage because that's the most important place on the football field. That's mm -hmm. where it all starts. And we have the starting right tackle from the Arkansas Razorbacks. Our team, Patrick Kudis. Patrick, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Man, that's, we're so happy to have you on here. Thanks for coming on, entering this wild storm of things. Clint, are you excited to have a tackle on here? Have a I'm pumped up. I've never been excited. I was just like, okay, I'm just sitting here waiting on my turn to talk, and then you got to me, and I didn't know what to say. Yeah, yeah, just um, stand there and look pretty. Just stand there and look pretty. That's what yeah, I that's do. Impossible. That's impossible. Yeah. Anyway. Well, hey, Patrick, one of the things we do on our show is we do what we call Holy Shnikes moment. Mm -hmm. Chris Farley, rest in peace. Okay, so <clears> – <throat> Our Holy Snikes moment this week, I felt like we need to talk about this. And, I, and Patrick, I don't know if you if you know who this guy is or was. But somebody that uh, a famous person passed away over the weekend. Someone that's been meaningful to I know Clinton my life. One of his songs in our, in our senior yearbook said, you know, like your favorite song. His song, Cheeseburger in Paradise was my favorite song. Jimmy Buffett passed away yeah. over the weekend. Are you familiar with Jimmy Buffett? A little bit. I will say I am. You've heard of Margaritaville. The, Obviously. I know he's got the restaurants and all that kind of stuff. Have you ever heard Cheeseburger in Paradise? I haven't. I haven't. Well, you need to look it up just to. Definitely. Just, you know. It's, this happened. Uh, he, he starts talking. and You're not the first Razorback athlete met on this podcast. Where Travis goes talking about his music and he's like, I, I I've never heard <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, never just every time you talk music with a guest, all we do is look old. That's that, that, true. That is very true. That that happens. Well, Jimmy Buffett, sadly. Clint, your thoughts on Jimmy Buffett. It was a sad day he died. It was. Yeah. The pirate. <laughs> he's the lead singer Smash Mouth also passed away. He did, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the soundtrack to Shrek. He was no. you know what one thing I will do, Pat, is I, I I'm kind of mean to my family sometimes. And I've got Alexa's all around the house. So I'll just be like, Hey Alexa, play All Star by Smash Mouth on the Everywhere loop. And so everywhere in the house it'll just start playing All Star <laughs> by Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hilarious, and then my wife went and took took my ability to do it away. Yeah, <laughs> got rid of that group, so I couldn't because I just go, "You proved you abused it." <laughs> See, yeah. that, that that's what that's what you had to look forward to, Patrick. When you turn like forty seven, your yeah, when you, when you wife starts taking your toys away. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's back to when you were a kid, and your mom would would hide those toys that you were destroying stuff with around the house. It's full circle. Well, Patrick, y'all just got through with um, Western Carolina and Little Rock. What that was this? Was it, this was your first time in Little Rock? 
Uh, yes, playing there. I've never played in the Rock before. What'd you think about it? It was a, uh, you know, pretty surreal. It hit me. I was like, because uh, I've been at, you know, obviously the games here in Fayetteville, but I mean, it was packed out. It, as many people could fill it, and it was like, man, these people like they would die for the Razorbacks. They care, you know. Yeah. Now there's been some criticisms of the some of the ticketing and the yeah yeah and the and they, they ran out of water but yeah I, I Clint I didn't understand they they had like high school kids running the concession stand like it's fundraisers for their school or something yeah it's probably not the best place to test out high schoolers is probably not. oh well but they made some money for their school I mean you so. could like you could do that like at the PBR or something yeah. like the PBR is coming to like Simmons Bank Arena or the Pyramid. Yeah, yeah. You probably don't yeah. even remember when the Pyramid wasn't the Bass Pro Shop, Patrick. Um, but, yeah, it used to be an arena where people went and watched concerts and wrestling. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> and then they built the FedEx Forum downtown. I mean, like, yeah, if you want to, like, have, like, the rodeo in town and, and do, it, do it there, that's fine. Yeah. You don't do it at a Razorback football game. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's my that's my old man gripe for the day. That's right. Get off my lawn, kids. Like, snappers. <laughs> well, uh, we also pick a player of the game usually for the games, Patrick. And uh, now it could be player or players, like groups or something like that. Sometimes we'll just make crap up. Yeah, we we try to we try to pick something that, like, the guys on TV aren't going to pick. Like, KJ has rarely been our even though he could be the player of the game every game, okay? Yeah. But Easily. we try to pick out something that, like, where we watched and we're like, man, that's, okay, that that person did well or that person added some stuff that may not show up on the stat line, mm-hmm. yada, yada, okay? So my player of the game for this game uh, is, I'm going to say, is the receiving core. That's where I was going. I was thinking Isaac Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. Most people didn't see, but first touchdown of the game, Jaden Wilson taking it along the sideline. Tesla played a key role in that, making that first block. Yeah, that block was amazing. And then – but what stood out to me was is that, okay, we were questioning them just because they're all new. We don't we didn't know yeah. what – you know, as fans, we, we're not at practice. Mm-hmm. We're just hearing, you know, the reporters talk about them. Mm-hmm. But – they came out and they lived up to expectations that all the reporters were saying. And the fact that KJ seemed happy throwing to any one of them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been like that all camp at all off season. I mean, the hype is real with these guys. I mean, they're, they're legit. And I, (laughs) I tell Isaac every day, I'm like, how's it feel to be the top receiver in the sec? He he laughs, jokes it off, but I'm pretty serious about it. Cause he is. And it's a cool story. A guy coming from D2. Yeah. Oh, awesome story. Him and, him and, him and Armstrong both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the guys that have been here too, like Satania, Jaden mm-hmm. Wilson. I mean, they're all making names for themselves there. I mean, it's just a, it's a great core. You know, and that, and that probably would have been my second pick would be this. Well, you know, the transfer portal, but then I started thinking about our player of the game before. Um, it has, but <laughs> but then I started thinking about it. wasn't just because I heard someone talking on the radio today about how many transfer portal guys provided such great things for this game. Mm-hmm. But then I also 
started thinking, but you know what? A lot of the homegrown guys, the guys oh. that came here out of high school, like mm-hmm. Satania, like didn't, did Wilson come here from? Uh, yes. High Wilson. school. Okay. Yep. You mm-hmm. coming in and starting at right tackle and doing a great job. Um, you know, other guys, I mean, other guys, I, I mean, there was a lot of guys that were guys that came in here, you know, Clark gets into interception. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys that have been here that have progressed over time and we're seeing the fruit of that out there too. So it's not, it, you know, yes, we hit well in the transfer portal. Coaches did a great job there, but they're also doing a great job building y'all up. Would you say? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, hundred percent. I mean, even the guys that have just got here, freshmen, I mean, Brad Spence, 85 yard pick six. Yeah. Freshman. Yeah. That's incredible. For people that hadn't heard of him, they've heard of him now. Oh yeah. Big time. <laughs> You, you know, my, my player of the game's also homegrown guy. Been with y'all for a while. I, I'm going with Dominic Johnson. Oh. When a man will go from tailback to willingly playing fullback and goal line, and he he laid a lick. I think I believe it was on that play to end the first half. Yep. I mean, a key key block, and just unselfishness of him to be willing to do that. Set oh, a lot about him. Definitely. I mean, he's a force to be reckoned with. He's a Big dude, and if he gets rolling, he is hard to block. Yeah, well, especially coming off two injuries like he has. Oh, definitely. To to still be willing to let, get lay leaks like that. Hundred percent. Sometimes people get tentative after mm-hmm. just one injury, mm-hmm. let alone I two think, in a row. I think he's excited to be back out there and playing. I mean, even in pass protection, he's chipping. He'll knock. You know, these big DNs that we have down. I'm like. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's job easier. So, just kind of tell, give us your feedback on the game. How do you, first of all, how do you think? Now, I know that with the O line, and look, we, we understand one thing with me, me and Clint, we understand football is a lot bigger than what people always shows up on the stat. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, as fans, a lot of fans are out there saying, well, we should have rushed the ball better. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you would say that too, you know, that, yeah, we would like to have had more yards, but how do you think, especially having two people out of position, you know, Braun had to go over to the left guard mm-hmm. and uh, because Latham was out. Right. And then, yes. then you got Crawford in there. So now y'all have cross trained pretty well. So, I mean, that, that wasn't necessarily new to y'all, but, but how do you think the line did? I think um, we got a lot of new guys in there, especially with Brady being out. Uh, mm. You know, the veteran, besides Braun, uh, being Bo, you know, it's just not a lot of slack to pick up, but just a lot of not that much experience. Mm. So I think, you know, I was talking to Chambly about this. I was like, you know, first game, me and him, uh, sophomore tackles, it was just nice to – get out there, play, and get the nervousness out, you know, mm-hmm. finally get that game experience in. But I think definitely the run game will, will be improved. I mean, that's been a key emphasis this week. But I will say it's also pretty hard to run when you got a team, you know, stacking the box with yeah. eight guys in there and you only got six dudes to block. But, I mean, yeah. there's, there's no excuse. I mean, 
it, that's our style of football, you know, running well, the ball. At the end of the day, if Western Carolina is like, y'all protect KJ and see if he can beat us throwing, and you're like, bet. We'll take yeah. that. We'll yeah, take I mean, that. yeah, I mean, just, I mean, it was, what, KJ competed his, completed his first 13 passes? Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. I mean, it was a ridiculous 12 or 13, passes, yeah. But, but yeah, it, it was, <clears throat> and plus, I, I mean, y'all, you're, you're selling – yourself short i think kj got touched twice mm-hmm. um and one yeah. of those was a one of those was a hot I, I Pittman talked about in the press conference it was you know he knew the guy was uncovered yeah yeah so he just i guess kj's like that guy can't tackle me yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one where that guy bounced off him dude that was so awesome <laughs> i don't know I didn't, I didn't see it until he, i was watching film i was like oh my gosh and you can even on tv dude you could hear the pop I and mean, you could hear it just Pop! <laughs> that poor guy just looked up, and KJ just like, just ate it. <laughs> yeah, who are you, <laughs> no, Patrick? You're you're from the Memphis area, correct? Yes. So you know, we asked me and Travis. I'm not sure you can tell. We're barbecue aficionados. <laughs> um, me, I smoke a little bit. Travis just eat. Yeah. Um, so. No, absolutely not. So where in the, every time we've had anybody from the Memphis area, they always give us some answer like, "My best friend's cousin's dad makes the best barbecue." They never tell us, "Listen, we're not going to your best friend's cousin's dad." We come to Memphis. We're like, "Take us to eat barbecue." Where are you taking us? Well, besides the homemade barbecue, we'll take that off the table. Yeah, right. I'm taking you all the the original Central Barbecue. I mean, they're Amen. You can't beat it. You get their barbecue nachos. You get the wings, pulled pork. You get anything from there. It's spectacular. And their sauce just tops it off. I mean, they they can cook. I love Central. Yeah. I, I love it. They just opened one uh, this summer uh, right uh, in Fayetteville. So, it's been – Oh, did nice. they really? Yeah. Nice. Well, um, now, have you had the banana pudding at Central? Oh, Oh, yeah. Like, okay, we were, well, I was there on a, we were on the Arkansas side doing a mission trip with our church mm-hmm. and we went and, uh, to the one downtown by the, uh, uh, civil rights museum there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, this guy from the church we were working at heard we were going to be there. And so he came, he worked downtown. So he came and showed up and he came and sat down he said, Hey, did, did y'all order any of the banana pudding? And I was like, no, but like banana pudding is one of those things, man. I eat that at a church potluck. You know what I mean? Or at grandma's house. Like I don't, I don't order that. It's like, it's like, I don't go to a restaurant and order a hot dog. Yeah. Okay. I eat hot dogs when I don't have anything else to eat at the house or I'm grilling out and I've grilled a hot dog. Okay. Exactly. And so. Banana pudding is not one of those things. Like, I, I'm going to get pie. I'm going to get cake. Some kind of special like that. But this guy's like, well, I bought some for the, you know, a few for the table for y'all to try. I was like, okay, you know, I'm I'm, I'm being all nice and everything. Dude, that stuff was phenomenal. Uh, yeah. It's the best banana pudding I've ever had in my life. It's, it's something else. And I'm not a big, like, banana guy, but that I'll – I'll eat that banana pudding any day of the week. Well, if I'm at a barbecue place, I don't get desserts a lot because yeah, I want the meats. <laughs> exactly. 
I want to leave with the meat sweats, man. <laughs> no, I'm the same way when I go to like a Brazilian steakhouse. They're like, there's salad bar over there. I'm like, what? what what's that for? No. Yeah. Purpose, yeah. No. No. So, Patrick, were you born in Memphis? Mm-hmm. Yes, you're a Memphian your entire life. So yeah. tell us a little bit about growing up in Memphis. Um, I grew up in a suburb. It's called Germantown. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I mean, nothing you know, really crazy, uh, went to a couple, went to public school for middle school, and then went to Christian Brothers for high school, and it's an all-boys, smaller Catholic school, but, I mean, it was some of the best times of my life, I mean, it's like, people always, you know, talk about all oh, the brotherhood, all this and that, you know, like, yeah. some friends and connections for life, and I mean, it really, it really is like that, I mean, it mm-hmm. sounds cliche, but I mean, it's, it's everything that they talk about. And I'm just blessed to be able to be a part of that. Now there's a Christian brothers college too, right? Yes. Is that connected to the high school at all? Um, you know, probably in some way, because Christian brothers is a, there's a bunch of Christian brothers like CBC, St. Louis and all yeah, that. Yeah. They're all part of the De La Salle, but uh, it, it probably is connected. Okay, I was just wondering. I'd, I knew I'd heard of it. So of yeah. both were. Now, at so, what age? At what age did you start playing football? When did you? When did? When did you get started? Cranked up? Uh, since ever since I can remember. I mean, it was early days, you know, just flag football is where you get started, and then you're asking your parents like, when will I be able to move up to you know full pad football? And you finally make that jump, and you keep you know elevating. So I was, mm-hmm. it was a young age, you know. I've always just. I always just loved watching it. I mean, my grandparents watched it. My dad, big football fan. So, who was your team to watch growing up? Bears. Dad, Bears. Bears. Yep. Dad's from Chicago. So he pushed, not pushed, but influenced me. Yeah. The Bears, big way. So, oh, yeah. so does he talk about the 85 Bears a lot? Oh, yeah. Dad. Yeah. Never used a chance. I mean, my, uh, my grandfather, he, he loved the Bears. I mean, he was from Chicago, lived in Chicago, you know, most all of his life. Mm-hmm. So they're they're big Chicago people. You know, you probably hook your dad up now because you probably got an in with Dan Hampton somehow. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'll be like, like, hey. Yeah, you know, he's a former hog, man. Yeah. So I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. You're welcome. Yeah, Thank that's you. right. Thank you. You don't have to get <laughs> Father's Day. Just get 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 Hampton to call him. That's right. Save yourself money on a gift. That's right. So, um, in high school, did you play mostly offensive line? Did you play both D line, offensive line? What'd you do? Uh, I was, I was a defensive lineman, you know, through and throughout. I was uh, recruited to come play defensive line here, and then uh, I guess junior year they started splitting me. playing both ways, playing tackle on both sides. And then senior year is when I really started playing offense and still playing defense. But I kind of analyzed the situation. I was like, you know, I probably probably have a higher ceiling playing O-line. Mm-hmm. So I just stuck with that and ran with it. I mean, worked out pretty well. Yeah, for so, sure. So when you first got on campus, they had you at defensive line? No, they were recruiting me as D-line. And then I was like, hey, you know, I might I might make a better offensive lineman. Like, that wouldn't be a problem for me to switch. And they were like, no, we, you know, absolutely come play a line. So 
I've been O lineman since, but they recruited me for D line. Okay. Who was your chief recruiter? Uh, Coach Odom. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So he had that area. Yep. What was the recruiting deal like? Was it was there other schools involved that were trying to get you? Definitely. There. Uh, <laughs> Illinois was a big one on that list. Um, funny Brett Bielma, you know, yeah. coaching here and everything. Oh, we know old Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois was definitely a big one. Uh, Florida roommates. Uh, <laughs> well, you said hi. <laughs> I will. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just it was a it was a fun recruiting process, but I mean, it gets gets tired. You know, you're traveling these two months. You get to travel. And you're just nonstop going to all these places. And then it's finally just nice to be like, this is the place I want to be. I don't have to worry about all this recruiting mess anymore. So, what solidified Arkansas for you? Coach Pittman. I mean, he just, he sold it and I bought into it. I was like this, you know, it sounds great. And it is great. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. So, so did Pittman being the offensive line coach he was, did that, really help you make that decision definitely definitely i mean i I mean all the schools i was looking at they were predominantly o-line schools but i mean just looking at Pittman's track record phenomenal so i was like why go anywhere else when i can have one of the best o-line coaches teach me you know one-on-one you know Mm -hmm. and he's a head coach yeah. yeah. Now, have you ever sit down and watched film of like your offensive line play with Coach Pittman, and what's kind of like that process like seeing his brain work? Yeah, we he he'll pop in uh, for a couple minutes, but he's a very busy man, so not having all the time to sit down and watch film with us. But he'll pop in and he'll just say a couple things, you know, about technique, about where you're going, spots, and all that. And I'll be like, man, that makes a lot of sense. Like I never looked at it until I looked at it like that. So he kind of lets Kennedy do most of the work. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Kennedy coach Kennedy's a great O-line coach. He, he's kind of like the mastermind, but coach Pittman definitely, definitely uh, helps influence that. Now everybody's talking about the way things have changed for, you know, might've changed for KJ with Enos coming in. Uh, Enos, the guy, anyway, sorry. I was the guy on TV was calling him Enos. I'm like, that's a character from Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Enos coming in has changed a lot of stuff for KJ, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, ha- has that changed much for y'all? Um, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's a new, it's a new offense. It's a new coach. It's a whole new vibe, energy that he's bringing in. And I mean, uh schematically yes things have changed for us but I mean just as a coach I mean he brings energy every day and he he's not hesitant to get on you and like tell you like man you're messing this up like let's fix this now so we don't have to worry about it when we're in the uh heat of battle are y'all doing more um like trap blocking and then zone blocking now or is it still doing a lot of zone um, they're definitely uh, a good amount more trap plays, which I think is pretty cool. But still, you know, base things, football's football. You're going to run zone, power. I mean, it's all that. So, yeah. 
Um, Patrick, one of the things that every time we hear Coach talk about you, they or anybody talks about you, they talk about how strong you are. <laughs> I mean, like everybody's like, like, we don't know if he's good at football yet, but Patrick Kudis sure is strong. <laughs> but I mean, so so at what age did you start? Like, man, what well, what are some of your weight room numbers? Make me jealous. Uh now last time we maxed, so I think squatted six hundred, benched around four hundred, but. I mean, I'm going to curl that for you if you need him to. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I need to move. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about those hot dogs earlier. <laughs> so, so has, has, have you always um, thrived in the weight room, or is that something that you just kind of got better with over time? Uh, some I've just gotten better as I time's gone on. I mean, I was I was tall and lanky going into high school. I mean, I was six foot. 185 pounds and I think just you know honestly me and my buddy my roommate uh been you know best friends kind of like y'all forever and mm. we got bored and we we're like you know let's just work out so I think that just kind of that's how that took off and I just got interested in like how the body works and like how different functions and movements enhance different things and just like learning about it and then doing it, it was a lot like it was kind of a stress reliever and just something fun that I enjoyed. Now, there's a lot of, you know, well, I'm not going to say a lot, but there may be some kids out there that may listen to this or watch this that are trying to, you know, they're playing high school ball or some parents that got kids playing high school ball or whatever. And they're trying to get, you know, serious in the weight room. What are some uh one of the things I've always uh kind of preached to to kids when they when they're try- starting to get serious with weightlifting and stuff is having quality form before you do anything. Oh, 100%. Be- before you try to do a lot of weight, make Definitely. sure your form is you agree with that? I mean, how how's that work for you? 100% cuz your form is the base of what you're working off. So, if you can squat 400 pounds with not that great form if you work on your form you get the little things right then your numbers can just increase you know keep increasing i mean it's the base of all your weightlifting yeah that's good advice because um i think that's where a lot of people they just get in there and they just want to see how much weight they can put up you know and that's when we started as kids, you know, I think, yeah, but that was something that when I was in college started kind of understanding a little better mm-hmm. and also talk about what, uh, nutrition has to do because that, that's another big thing. Oh, it's, I mean, that's probably the biggest battle because you can move weight and everything and all that, but you're eventually going to hit a point where, okay, I'm stuck here, but you just have to elevate your nutrition style. I mean, for an offensive lineman, you got to obviously eat a lot of food just to maintain what you're doing every day. But I mean, you got to load yourself with the right food. Like you can't just go out and eat like McDonald's and Arby's every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to have quality nutrition, quality carbs. So I think that's the biggest battle outside of weightlifting. 
Now, how does the now how does like the strength program at the University of Arkansas and the strength and conditioning program? How does it help you with your meal plans there? Oh, it's been it's been awesome. I mean, we're getting fed nonstop, um, and we also that got be awesome. That does sound awesome. I went on <laughs> the exact same. It was the exact same way. I just guys burger bar just right up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So go ahead. I'm sorry, but I mean they just. They're always on us. I mean, you know, especially during camp, they're like, you weigh in before practice, you weigh out, see how much you lost so you can put that back on. And, I mean, it's just food. Like, you're not you're not going to go hungry unless you really try. Right, so yeah. They're giving us plenty, plenty of uh, resources to make sure that we're getting the right nutrition and hydration. So that, that shouldn't be a problem. No, now, one one of the things I talk to kids about a lot, and and this is something that's not in my realm, okay? Because I've always been on the, where I needed to take weight off, <laughs> mm. okay? But there's I, I, there's a lot of kids out there, you know, they need to put some weight on. Mm. And you talked about how you started out at like 185, and you've had to sounds like had to kind of push your weight up. Mm. What advice do you give to a, like say a high school kid that? is trying to put some weight on they're trying to they're trying to get to that size where a d1 coach is going to look at them for offensive line you just you have to eat non-stop i mean you got to eat a big breakfast you got to have little snacks in between you got to have a big lunch uh a couple dinners probably but one thing that really elevated me was <laughs> my mom she uh She'd make these shakes for me. It'd be like two bananas, some strawberries, uh, two scoops of protein, uh, and chocolate milk and peanut butter. And I mean, I'd eat one of those in the yeah, morning. I'd crush one of those right now. <laughs> and one of those at night. So it's just the little things. I mean, you gotta you gotta consciously keep reminding yourself, oh, I gotta eat. Like I gotta eat, you know. Is it See, you you probably I know you're too probably too young to remember Tony Saragusa. Um, <laughs> he was I don't know he he was a he was an old he was an old school like really big defensive tackle. Mm -hmm. He was on hard knocks, mm -hmm. like he had a rookie whose job was just to fill in his weight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like he's like just put put a hundred pounds on there. I don't care. Just fill it out every day. <laughs> he's like I don't I don't care. So right. he, he like refused to weigh in. The coach would be kind of like quit busting my job so. <laughs> sorry i just thought about this <laughs> yeah saragusa anyway do you know who saragusa was yep yep okay well, I, like, I like going back and watching all those hard knock stuff i think it's oh, yeah. so you probably know exactly the scene i'm talking about yeah 100 yeah he's like just just fill, fill in whatever i don't yeah know. have you been watching this season hard knocks ah uh, you know i've tried to but when i come home it's like all right let's put hard knocks on oh my god I got to do homework. Sorry. Yeah. So you'll, you'll catch up with it after the season, probably. Yeah. You know, just out of curiosity, I, I know what it was like being an old school college football player at a mediocre Division II school. I never played, but I was there and I hung out. Sure. And so, but when you enter like camp, like the summer camp, you start, I always, I'm still going to call them two a days. Mm hmm. What does a day in the life of an Arkansas Razorback football player look like from waking up to going to bed? Are we talking in season or fall camp? Fall camp. Oh, okay. 
Let me go back here. You got to – first off, you're always drinking water, Pedialyte, Gatorade, just so you're not cramping or anything. Right. But you wake up uh, probably around – I'd wake up around 6 o'clock, 6.15, um, get something in my body, get some food in my body, get some fluids uh, at the football facility. And then after that, you go do treatment or whatever you need, ice tub, cold tub, uh, hot tub. And you get taped and get all your stuff ready. Go out for meetings, probably around eight o'clock, nine o'clock. You'll sit in those for uh, an hour, an hour and a half. Then this year we practice in the mornings, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd get practice in the morning. We'd get that out of the way. We'd uh, we'd go eat upstairs. Then we'd have a depending on what day it is, we'd have an hour two hours to just chill out, recover, drink fluids, whatever we had to do. Then um, after that, go back to meetings, special teams meetings, um, probably hour, two hours of meetings. And then some days we'd lift, so you'd have to lift. But if you didn't lift, then you go do walkthroughs. And after walkthroughs, you go back, do some more film, more meetings, and kind of prepare yourself for the next day. And then, uh, I mean, we'd be done around 7, 7.30. And it gives you time to just sit down, recover, relax, you know, watch TV, eat yeah. some food, drink some water. So, But it's a pretty long day. I mean, you're talking about oh, 6, 7. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a long day. Yeah. Um. Now, one of the things, Patrick, like, Clint was saying, we we kept hearing your name coming up in press conferences and you know interviews with coaches, with uh, you know other players. You know we we kept you know who's doing well in the offensive line or who's who's shining who's you know who's doing well in those you know those you know we knew they were trying to fill those tackle spots you know so who was. Who's doing well? And Kudis kept coming up. Kudis. He's strong. He's got good feet. He's doing real well. He's doing real well. And uh, that's turned into now you're starting. Tell us a little bit about what that process has been like. Because you're still – this is your sophomore year, right? Yes. And you're still real young too, right? Like I know there's been some reporters talking about that. You're just 19? Yes, 19. So you're younger than <laughs> some of the freshmen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so talk about what that process has been like to, over this last year, you know, to work your way into what now you're, dude, you're starting right tackle for a power five mm-hmm. SEC West team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, I'll start from last year, you know, just thankfully having guys like Dalton Wagner and, uh, Ricky, where I can just watch and learn mm. and pick up little things that they do, ask them questions. And I mean, I take, I take what I do very seriously. So I think just always learning and always elevating things that you can do better. Uh, that's always been a pretty key thing for me. Mm. So I mean, just um, obviously the off season, you know, you're in the weight room, 
speed work and all that. But we'd uh, get like a group of guys like me, Braun, um, Amarion, Chambly. We just, it wouldn't be anything crazy, but we just do little drills to, like help footwork, timing with our hands, eyes, and everything. And um, before the draft, I worked with uh, Dalton and Ricky for a little bit. And just having those two guys, I mean, it was it was awesome. They poured mm -hmm. so much knowledge into me, so many little things I wouldn't have thought about mm -hmm. just to get me ready for spring ball, uh, fall camp, the season. I mean, it's just something you got to work at every single day. And it doesn't have to be physical work. I mean, you can sit in the film room and evaluate yourself and see what you're doing wrong to fix the next day in practice. So I just think evaluating yourself, taking time to fix the things that need work. Uh, that something that I did and it's, uh, it's paid off, but definitely I'm still, still learning. I'm eager to learn, you know, so. That's great. So now, well, now you, they kind of had you mostly at center last year during camp, right? Yep. Um, so and of course, now you're starting at right tackle. What? How did the conversation go with that move from interior to more exterior offensive line? I mean, it wasn't wasn't really much of a conversation. It was just a uh, an opportunity that opened up for me. And uh, I mean, not playing tackle since high school, and still, that's high school ball. You're right. Not yeah, you're turning and running. And uh, I mean, it's just been a a big a big shock, but something that I've taken head on and you know, use my resources, you know, ask guys like Dalton to help me out, evaluate what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, what I could work on. But it was definitely a big change. Yeah. No, it's, it's a completely – the footwork's completely different. I mean, there's just so much – and inside you're going to deal with more of a bull rusher. Mm -hmm. You know, Smith is just going to try to power you over, over where, you know, outside you've got you've got guys like Landon Jackson and Jeff Coat. <laughs> Now, what is that like practicing against them too? When it's you, uh, all day, every day, it's it's a grind. But at the same time, you know you're sitting in practice. You're like, man, I just got my butt whipped. But you look back at it in games like Western Carolina, where you're like, I am so glad that I've been going to get up against these guys because they are the they're the best of the best. I mean, they're it's been such a amazing opportunity to be able to work with them every single day mm -hmm. in practice it's just elevated me to such a higher level it's nice to know that there's not anything that's going to surprise you probably yeah i mean even against the to be honest with you even against the bamas and some of them i mean i mean they're going to have some great athletes but you're going against some pretty daggum good ones oh 100 practice every day exactly uh, who are some of those guys on D line that Clint mentioned a couple of them? Those are the names that kind of come out all the time. Who are some of those guys that have impressed you the most? Uh, definitely, um, Trajan Jeffcoat. I mean, back in camp, I'd be going against him every single day, and obviously Landon Jackson. But I didn't, I didn't go against him as much. But I'd see what he was doing over there. Obviously, I mean, mm. making noise. But Trajan Jeffcoat, I mean, he is he's a different animal. I mean, he's he is big, he's fast, he's strong, mm -hmm. like a 
create a player, you know. He's a bad man. This is getting talked about. <laughs> yeah, he is, he is all, all that. I mean, he's just been – it's been awesome working with him. And I mean, yeah, I get frustrated and stuff, but yeah. just I, can, I think at the end of the day, I mean, this guy is the best of the best. Did you see that press conference where Pittman got him up there? Mm-mm. He's like, he's he's a bad man. I think that's what he said, wasn't it, Clint? And then he said, uh, and he's and they're like, what do you mean he's a bad man? He said, come here, Trajan. <laughs> got up there. He was standing next to him. He said, he said, this is a bad man. <laughs> he said he's he says he's bigger than he's ever been. He's stronger than he's ever been. He's faster than he's ever been, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and he's hungrier than he's ever been, you know. 100%. And he's Jeff Jeff Coates like, yes sir, yes sir, the whole time. So it was that was pretty cool. But um, what about some of your fellow offensive linemen? You've mentioned some of them, but who are some of those guys that are really impressing you? And maybe maybe some guys we don't hear about as much that uh, maybe in the in the wings. Maybe some of the, the other younger guys, any of the freshmen or whatever that are um we're gonna hear about later, you think? Um, obviously you have your bows and Brady's, you know, putting them aside. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh somebody I've been working with, uh Josh Braun, I mean, Florida transfer, mm-hmm. he's just great on the knowledge side and experience, just being there next to me, being able to be like, hey, uh we're doing this instead of what you think we're doing. And it's just been great. Like the knowledge that he's given me and then some younger guys, I mean, obviously Andrew Chambly, I mean, he's a stud, um, mm-hmm. Marion Harris. He's definitely going to be a name we're hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, Amari Wiggins. He's a, he's a new guy from uh Coffeeville, but he's learning the playbook really well. And he's, uh, you know, playing well, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Smith, freshman from Conway, he's yeah. a name for himself. He uh, he's done really well. He's just a little light, but I think with that, he has great footwork. Um, just a really. You need some of your mom shakes. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> but he does a he does a great job. You know, just being thrown in the fire like that. He's been he's really stepped up. Well, y'all got Kent State coming up this week. Yes, sir. What are you? What are y'all hearing about them? What are y'all kind of focusing on? As in, let's say, as the offensive line, what are y'all focusing on to get ready for them this week? Uh, they're a movement-based team, so they like to move a lot, like to do a lot of pop stunts and everything. So, uh, really, just controlling the movement that they bring at us. Now, yeah. and and Western Carolina did kind of the same thing, right? Um, they not as at a level that Kent State does, but they did. They moved sometimes, but they were pretty straightforward defense. Now, you know what little I played football. The one of the things I always had a hard time with. I would rather a guy try to bull rush me than have a smaller, quicker guy out there. Because sometimes with the smaller, quicker guys, they don't want to make contact with you. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I can't use my leverage and strength as well mm-hmm. to to dominate them. Mm-hmm. Now, if I get a hold of them, you know, it's just, if it's a smaller guy, it's over. But it's it, it was always sometimes tougher to get that good, good initial 
you know, you know, locking up on them so that you can, so that you can maneuver them how you want to. Yeah. Is, is that maybe some of the things you deal with when playing these smaller teams like this, you know, these lower division teams, because their guys are going to be a little undersized. So they're not going to want to, you know, you're going to be a lot bigger than them. So they're not going to want to lock up with you. They know they're going to lose that battle. So they're going to try to stay away from you instead of, you know, whereas a SEC defensive end, you know, they're going to probably, you know, think they, they're just as strong as you, even though they're probably not, you know, but you know what I'm saying? They're going to, they're going to try to man up and just go at you. And those guys, you can just, it's mono a mono. You lock up. There's no, none of that other stuff. Does that make sense? What I'm asking? Definitely. Um, I mean, I, Personally, I don't have too much experience with that, but uh, Western Carolina, um, definitely, I think, a team that did that. Um, Kent State, I mean, you get these uh, smaller schools, and I definitely think that maybe the lack of size could cause them to try to be more elusive with their rushes, try not to be straight on towards you. Mm. But, I mean, it's just something you got to – game plan and overcome with, you know. Now, there's problems with them doing that, of course. I mean, a lot of defenses don't do that because it's easy to get out of position to leave, you know, gaps for people to run through. Mm-hmm. If you do that, you don't you don't get your your run fits as well and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, but that that's why a lot of them don't. But if, a lot of them, when they're going for broke playing against the, you know, especially like a Kent State's going to be coming in, gotten – or tell in kick last week. Here they go against an SEC school. Mm-hmm. They're 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 just gonna try to do anything they can to mm-hmm. disrupt y'all and get you out of your you know. Um, and you got and you, you as a team have to be ready for that. I know your coaches are probably preaching that stuff to you. Definitely, I think that's one of the big uh, obstacles. Just not really knowing what they could throw at you. I mean, you've seen the stuff they do on film, mm-hmm. moves and everything, but just knowing that they have that in their mind, like uh, win by any mean. Mm. So it's just difficult to try to game plan when you don't exactly know what they could be doing. Yeah. Now, now when was the first time you met coach Kennedy? Cause he's the coach you play for. Mm. He's probably the guy you spend the most time with. Mm. So when was the first time you met him and what was your initial impression? Oh, first time I met him, it was I think um, when I went up, came up here on a visit, maybe my official visit. Um, but he uh, <laughs> he uh, he reminded me of a, a grizzly bear because you know he's got that real <laughs> thick beard. Right. He just, I mean, I clicked with him right away. It was a uh, he's an offensive lineman. He understands you know our humor and everything. Right. So it's kind of like just uh, having another one of the guys with you, you know. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Now, so, yeah, remember when I met my 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 coach? He he came in his division two. He came in off the riding lawnmower. He was mowing the football. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt you go you go out there and see Sam Pittman out there riding the yeah the, riding a John Deere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you never know with Sam, man. You never know. He might. True. He might, of course, he'd probably be on a Kubota or something. You know. <laughs> so what are you and the what are you and the other offensive linemen? Because you mentioned you and Chamberlain hang out a lot. What do you what do you guys kind of do 
to kick back, relax. What what's a fun afternoon for you guys? Uh, I mean, I got two. Uh, I live with three dudes. Two of them are offensive linemen with me. Uh, Brock Burns, uh, Brooks Edmondson. But we just, you know, we don't do too much. Like if we get a, if we got a free weekend, um, you know, we'd go golfing or something, get out and outside. But really, we just like to sit on the couches, put a movie on, you know, maybe we'll grill out, out back, uh, right. have some dessert, chocolate milk, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, just get crazy. That's right. We'll get the strawberry chocolate milk. Nest quick. So what's your go-to movies? Oh, we've been we've been uh, especially during fall camp, we watched a lot of Denzel Washington movies. Oh, good call. Uh, we watched The Book of Eli. That was yeah. a pretty good one. Uh, we yeah. watched Friends a little bit slower, but which one was that? Uh The Book of Eli. Yeah, but the one after that. Oh, fences. Oh, fences. Okay, that one's yeah. really good. It's it's uh, of course you can tell it's made for a like to be a play. Yeah, the way it all happens at that one little house kind of thing. Yeah, you know, you can tell it's they really, it's kind of an interesting movie the way they record, they videoed it and everything. It's uh, it's almost like you're watching a play. And it, oh yeah, I was yeah. completely confused for the first twenty minutes. Yeah. His acting in it's incredible. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. And it got me at the end, you know, a little tearjerker. I was like, man, this yeah. turned out not how I expected it to be. Of course, you know, the, the biggest tearjerker Denzel movie. Remember the Titans. Yeah, remember the Titans. 100%. That's one of my man. top go-to. You Superman. <laughs> oh, my I lose God. it every time. When is in that? When we're tears in the hospital. Yeah, That's I got to look away. That's I can't it. watch Star Wreck. <laughs> I know it run that James Taylor song. Yeah. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then the car wreck, you're like, man, come on. You had to do it. Yeah. That's such a good movie. Yeah, it gets yeah. me every time. Yeah. Um, well, man, this season, you know, we're just getting started here. I I like the way the schedule starts out. Y'all have these two games to kind of, you know, get your feet under you a little bit. You know, that doesn't always happen with Arkansas schedule. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, last year, y'all didn't really have that. Mm -hmm. You know, y'all jumped in the fire pretty quick. Yep. Um, but y'all get a, y'all get a, I know the coaches are talking to y'all about that four weeks on the road. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that part of the schedule is going to be difficult. What are some of the things the coaches are already, or what are some things that you as a player kind of you think about mentally that you got to do to get ready for like a tough part of the schedule like that? Um, I haven't put too much thought into it. You know, it's kind of just a week by week mentality, but mm. I just catch myself thinking about it sometimes. And I think the biggest obstacle is just, you know, going to these places like LSU, Brian Denny and playing in front of that type of crowd. You know, yeah, the outside factors because we'll be we're going to be sound, you know, as a team, knowing what to do, competition, but it's just the the other little factors people probably wouldn't think about. What's been your most interesting, you know, just so far? I know you've only got one year under your belt. You did you travel with the team last year? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, I figured you did. Um, 
what was your kind of most interesting, you know, experience at another school hmm. dealing with the crowd or whatever? I probably one that caught me off guard was uh, BYU. You know, they just have that really nice persona about them. You know, compared to the other SEC schools you're going to play yeah. at, where they're all like yelling at you, you know, booing you. You get there, you know, great people shaking your hand, like, welcome. We're so glad to have you here. It's just kind of throws you off. You're like, okay, this is different. I heard they were giving Arkansas fans ice cream. Uh, my, my parents went to the game last year. They did. That's that's amazing. It's a, it's a beautiful stadium, too. It, yeah. The mountains in the background. It's, yeah. it's definitely a top on the list. Well, I think Arkansas needs to, in, in return, I think we need to give them pulled pork sandwiches. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to. I, I think that that's what needs to happen. Quentin and I don't have the money to do that, but uh, yeah, I'm sure Tyson or somebody could come up with some money. Somebody got, somebody, somebody got to do yeah. something. Somebody Rights barbecue. Take care of them Utahians. Utah. Yeah. I don't know. We got to show them what it is, though, here in the SEC. That's right, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Now what? What is now? Last year, you did it, Richard. You mm-hmm. played enough games, so you're so you're a true sophomore. Did you have a welcome to college football moment last year in practice or in in an actual game yet? Um, probably in practice. Um, I don't know. Just been. It seems like every day last year. I mean, going against. <laughs> top competition, but I was on punt team most of the year and field goal last year. Uh, probably just those dudes, you know, rushing off the edge and you got to punch inside, punch outside, and you're just taking one dude to the face. Can't do anything about that. So on punt team, how fired up are you to get down and make a tackle after uh, you blocked? Well, last year I was so fired up. You mean, especially when they – the little times they did take it back out in uh, <laughs> the Alabama game, I did get a tackle. Uh, nice. Tackle in McKinstry. I was pretty hyped up about that. That <laughs> would be good. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and we had Reed Bauer on last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he did. He want to run fakes like every play, every time. <laughs> uh you know, they punters probably do, but I don't know. He wouldn't he's just a guy that liked to punt the ball. Does Max have some have some fakes in under his belt like Reed did? Uh, I doubt yeah. he's gonna throw a jump pass like Reed did against <laughs> no. Bama at that time. Max is sneaky quick, man. You can't you can't count him out. You don't know yeah. what he'll do. He's got that long frame. Yeah, he's got some long legs. I figured if we see him, it'd be taking a corner on a on a long run or something. Now, now you're no, you've you know you've gotten one start, so you don't have too much experience with KJ in the huddle yet. But you've been in the probably man fall camp can suck at times. Yeah, it can just it can just suck because I mean you go from you're going from when you get up to till you go to bed. I mean it's just go 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 meetings, practice, weightlifting, conditioning. I mean it's just nonstop. What 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 is KJ like in that huddle when y'all are beat down? It's hard. 
to get going. I mean, how, how does he bring y'all up? I mean, he's just a natural leader. He's got great poise. He's a, he's the type of guy, you know, if, if it's getting down, you know, morale is kind of low. He just reminds us, you know, like, Hey, we can't give up right now. You know, we got to keep going. It's going to be hard during games. So why not make it hard during practice? You know, get it, get that conditioning, get that experience. He's just, he's always going to be the guy that's going to bring you up, uh, you know, tell you how it is. So he's a, he's a great leader. Now, Clint always uh, makes fun of me for asking this next question, but I'm still going to ask it anyway. Because that's part of me. Yeah, being, I know what it is. That's part of me being an exactly old man. That's part of me being an well, old man. Go ahead. I'm just going to let I you I just go. keep asking the same dumb questions. Now, when football's over, whenever that is, okay, uh, whether that's, you know, after a long NFL career, we're going to hope for that, right? Hmm. What else? What else is on the taps for Patrick? What, what's What's something else? What's some other, you know, like what are you studying? What's some, you know, what would you do with that? What? What's your passion outside of football that, you know, if you, if you're not a football player, what, what would you like your career to be? Um, I'm in business right now, kind of the entrepreneurship side of it. Um, I'm not really great with like crunching numbers and finance and all that, but after football, I'd probably, I'd probably like to open up my own place, maybe like a, a gym or like a training facility somewhere where, you know, I can mix football with business. Mm -hmm. But after all that, I probably just want to get a lake house, get a boat, <laughs> stay there. Retirement from football. and uh... see if Pitt will give you the keys to the Hot Springs Lake House one day. There you go. <laughs> like, hey, Coach, I've been playing really well. Just can I get the keys to the lake house? Or like, That's right. Yeah. Maybe. It'll be worth an ask. <laughs> That's right. I mean, what's the worst thing he's going to say? No. That's no. right. Yeah. Maybe I know Travis is a preacher. Heck no. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. No. Well, man. Uh, so what are your, what are you excited for the rest of the season? What are you, I know right now it's Kent state, right? But mm -hmm. what are you, what are you, uh, what's some team goals y'all have? What's some personal goals you have to, to kind of make this season the best possible? Uh, team goals, I mean, it's every day. Strength staff, um, coaches, they're just instilling it in us. It's, you know, win the SEC, you know, be the top dog. Definitely that. Uh, I'm just – personally, I'm just excited to go out and play football again, you know, play with the guys next to me. Um, that's – I mean, I love playing football. You know, there's no greater sport. There's no better joy than, you know, winning a big game and hearing everybody. So, I think – I just enjoy, you know, going out there and playing ball. Yeah. Well, one thing I can tell you from as an old man, you know, enjoy the moments, man. Mm. Like you just said, you just enjoy it. Enjoy those times. Enjoy those plays being next to your, your teammates, your your buddies, you know. Enjoy each moment because uh, there'll be one day you'll be have a mediocre podcast talking to your best friend about it. <laughs> like the good old days and uh those moments will be long gone you know honestly but, i'm surprised we made it all through all the way through this thing without travis mentioning his kick yeah he was, he, well, he was the kicker in high school he was, was i was kicked, yes. a, kicked, a, kicked a whopping i was the a largest whopping, kicker in arkansas probably 
Yeah. He says it said 21 yards in the paper, but I, I swear to it's you. I'm 23 being, yards. It's 20. I remember it being 19. No, it was <laughs> so. 23 yard field goal. I kicked, I kicked just extra points. Like we ran a dead T formation. We, we um, never, yeah. we never kicked field goals. We, we didn't punt hardly because we got three yards almost every play because yeah. we ran all of our blockers through the same hole every play and then just put a running back behind them. Yeah. But anyway. And uh, I just – anyway, I was, my coach put me out for one one field goal, and we are playing a team we were tied for conference championship with. It's 23-yarder from the left hash. And he grabbed my face mask and he said, are you going to make this? I said, yes, yeah, sir. He's like, if you don't, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I believed him. And, so, and, he got, and he got his name in the log cabin Democrat. For I it. did, yeah. And it was the worst looking kick you've ever seen in your life. Like it yeah, was horrible. You made it. it. I made it though, so that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And all you could hear was my mom from the stands. But anyway. <laughs> well, man, uh, Patrick, dude, we we seriously uh, thank you so much for coming on here and uh, taking time out. I know you had a long day at practice. And uh, coaches are getting y'all ready for Kent State coming up. And uh, we're going to be rooting you on and, and uh, cheering you on. And and uh, hope everybody that's seen this has got to know you a little better. And uh, they're going to they're gonna be able to root, root you on a little better, too. So, uh, man, just appreciate you. And uh, thanks for being a hog. And, uh, Thank you all for having me on. We uh, look forward to continuing to cheer you on the next few years. You're still early in that career so sure. we'll have to do it again sometime and uh, catch up yeah. thank you all like no share subscribe and cheer for this man cheer for this <laughs> that's man. right big you know you gotta cheer for the big hog mollies up front big guys they're the ones that make it happen <laughs> protecting the the corners out there protecting going against those Ugly, def- evil defensive ends. Mm-hmm. Got to have a good tackle. Got to have a good – oh, and by the way, folks, I, I was going to mention this earlier. I should have mentioned it. There has been some critiques on the game the other day, Clint, that yeah. we should have – like I said earlier, that we should have ran the ball more, right, or, you know, got more yardage. But if you'll notice watching that game, when we needed yards, what side did they run to, Clint? Behind Big 75, wasn't it? They went to the right-hand side. <laughs> they, they, they went to the right-hand side. I believe they went off tackle whenever it wasn't uh, – what was it, a short yardage play where they uh, – everybody thought – you know the, the one where KJ um, uh, tried to or, – or did he did he try to go up the middle on the, on the quarterback sneak and didn't trip. get it? Yeah, then then – and then yeah, they yeah. gave it out and it went to the right hand side and got it in. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, that, wasn't that right? Yep, I think that's what happened. Yeah. My memory's not as bad as it can be sometimes. <laughs> so uh, our boy Patrick Kudis showing that 600 pound squat, 400 pound <laughs> bench, laying hands on folks. Yes, sir. Making them feel it, feel the pain. Patrick, keep doing it, brother. Thank you. Thank y'all so much. Like, like, subscribe, share. Tell your mama, your aunties, and Aunt Boo Boo and all of them. 
to check out the podcast. Bye, Have everybody. A great week. Be Kent State. Sweat. One. Filthy. Dirt. Harvest. Hurt. Kingdom come. When I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt Won't see no more till I hurt Cry in your kingdom come Listen I wake up in the morning I bow my head to pray Mama told me if I don't Ain't nothing gonna change These prayers breaking up hard drive So I can sow the seed In a and pain. Lord knows I gotta follow his lead. That's why I sweat when I work. My hands get filthy.